0: on everybody.
1: Happy Saturday.
0: How you doing today, Bradley?
1: I'm doing well. It's uh nice and cold here in the Portland area, but uh it's good to be on a weekend and have more football uh shortly around the corner. How are things for you, sir?
0: Uh, they're really nice. Uh you wouldn't believe me if I said this, but it's 68 degrees right now out in uh scorching Phoenix. So I believe it. Uh it's it's really nice. I just got back from walking the dogs, and I couldn't have been happier just feeling the the wind and not, you know, sweating profusely because it's so hot, you know. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, at
1: least you're not having to buy palm trees again. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's a slight improvement.
0: It is. (laughs) It's that I went to Total Wine and cleaned them out. There you go.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely been like that, at least here, almost official turn towards winter, so – uh trees are starting to go bare it's been around 40 50 degrees at best most days so um i'm kind of following in the steps of guys like ben jones where i'm still wearing shorts walk around and flops and stuff uh just trying to trying to embrace the cold as best i can
0: hey yeah i mean why not i mean you're a tough guy you can hack it
1: absolutely I mean, I'm doing a <laughs> podcast isn't is getting any tougher than that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's actually a great segue, because talk about tough. I mean, our, our game last Sunday, we've got quite a good lineup here today, but we'll we'll have to start with uh, Titans losing their second straight there in Cincinnati.
0: Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty heartbreaking, man, in a lot of ways. Uh, I, I thought this was going to be the bounce-back game, and we talked a lot about it last week, you know, how – Well, I I predicted it was going to be close. I think I had it by three, and Mm. you know I was expecting us to win, though. uh, But uh, Cincinnati got the better of us, and it's just unfortunate that it worked out that way. Considering that Henry ended up having actually a really good game,
1: he definitely did. Certainly, some great details to get there. I think I think it's interesting you said heartbreaking. I mean, I it makes me curious for sure, kind of what the team's mindset is because I really wasn't necessarily looking at it as a bounce back game. Obviously my hope was that we would win. I expected us to win. I think I had us by about four. To me it was just just mm-hmm. as frustrating as it was disappointing. I think, you know, it's it's one thing where the week prior, you know, we had lost to the best team in the NFL right now, Pittsburgh. Just, you know, one of those games where we fought our way back but just couldn't pull it off. That's right. different. We just didn't play well. And we didn't execute. Things just weren't There just wasn't a lot of cohesiveness on either side of the ball for us. That was frustrating to me. It just didn't look like we were very well prepared, ready to go. Um, So it's like if you're going to lose, you don't want to lose at all, but you certainly don't want to lose in poor fashion, so to speak.
0: Yeah, you know, it was really interesting to see that uh, Ryan Tannehill actually got outperformed by a rookie Uh, when you look at the stat sheet and even at the game itself. I mean, Tannehill had a QBR of 46, you know, one. INT two touchdowns at 233 yards and took a sack where conversely, you know, Joe Burrow had 249 yards, two touchdowns, no INTs and no sacks with a QBR of 75. So, uh, you know, that's kind of hard to imagine uh, the way the Titans have been playing and how how well Tannehill been playing this year, you know, that he'd get outdone like that.
1: Yeah, it's unexpected, perhaps. And I think it, it also yep. is just interesting because, you know, these things land on both sides where, you know, there were some some throws that Burrow made, you know, very contested throws where I think we did about as much as we could and, and credit to their players for coming up with the plays um, when they had to have them. Obviously, we had some plays that we'd want back. I mean, you know, that, that first and goal interception, I mean, it, it's almost baffling because we're, we're so used to Tannehill playing – with such poise and, and, and precision and, you know, you're about to take the lead essentially on that drive and then suddenly it stalls. So it, it definitely was a bit odd. Um, and I, I'm kind of curious though, what your take was if, if you've got a chance to watch any more of the game after it aired live. Cause when I rewatched it, it, it was like totally different in a sense in that, in that we were actually moving the ball really well all day. We were just not able to follow through on so many drives and actually score.
0: Yeah, you know, I I think the drives all started off really well, Uh, you know, where like it was first down, you know, Corey Davis did have 128 yards and one touchdown with a long of 27. I mean, that's when you look at that stat right there, you know, we were moving the ball, right? Um, And you look at Derrick Henry, 112 yards, one touchdown, averaging six yards a clip, you know, with a long of 21 again, you would look at that and go, yeah, we were moving the ball. And in fact, I think this was the first time we had lost with Henry having over a hundred yards. I don't think that had actually happened. It is the
1: first time. And, and, and and unfortunately, so, I mean, of course, some of the things we saw are things that sadly have plagued us this entire year. We saw yet again, more issues with Titans defense on third down. Um, We gave up 67% to Cincinnati and, you know, it wasn't just the third downs that, that bothered me is, you know, some of those third downs were scoring plays, mm-hmm. you know, where it was a third down and they would just score like it was nothing. It, I don't know. It was weird. It was almost like at times, like a, like a preseason game seeing some of the guys almost stand around. Um And I think, you know, it, it's tough to evaluate because you, you do have guys like Jay Brown, Malcolm Butler that are playing lights out football, but obviously mm-hmm. if not, if everyone's not doing their part, it's only going to go so far.
0: Right. And and I think the Bengals were smart to come out kind of punching us in the mouth, if you will, because they came out, scored early. They were up three to zero. Then they scored twice in the second quarter. So now it's 17 to seven, uh, kind of rode that, uh, that lead into the third quarter, which nobody ended up scoring. Um, and finally the Titans made some, some traction in the fourth quarter, uh, putting up, you know, 13 points, but since he, you know, the defense again not being able to hold up their part, gave up another 14 in the fourth. So it was just a wash, considering that the offense really finally got in the end zone towards the end of the game. But uh, yeah, it was it was it was a, it was a tough one. But there there were a few bright spots, and you know, uh, I don't want to get too negative, Nancy, because. I know it's kind of hard when you go down that hole and and I think there's still some negative things we should still maybe touch on but I mean the good thing was is Henry had a solid day uh McNichols had you know 49 yards you know averaging 12 yards a carry that's crazy uh and then he had uh Dante Foreman uh came in with only five carries but he had 7 yards at uh, he averaged 7 yards a carry with 37 yards total so I mean I think the good thing is is that I think we were able to know that we have two other guys who can carry the rock along with Henry uh which is good I think that's a really good thing because I don't think we should give Henry you know 25 27 carries a game you know what I mean he should have more I feel more comfortable with him he had 18 carries in that game for 112 yards that's right where I'd like to see Henry in a game Hmm. have about 18 to 22 carries unless it's like one of those like you know at the end of the game we're just using him to kill the clock and he's just getting those extra carries right uh but but I mean I think it's good that we switch him out give him give him a break you know and not let him take all like all the punishment in the game because we gotta you know he's one of those guys we need for you know probably you know way in January so you know it'd be good to like not not push him down too hard but yeah no I think that was a a a bright spot just seeing how well the running game played out at least in my opinion yeah
1: and I I agree I think we've actually done a good job overall throughout this season of you know for lack of a better word managing Henry's carries and yards um and and getting him going and also looking for ways to plug other guys in And, and and you called it I mean Deontay Foreman was huge for us in that game even though Ultimately, it wasn't quite enough. I mean, he, he had some major plays. Um, and I think what's great is, obviously, he runs a bit differently than Henry. Same with McNichols. Um, same with Evans when he's played. But I think that's key because it, it, it forces the defense to react and, and have to kind of decide how they want to play it. But what I find amazing is right now, going into week nine, the league's leading rusher is Derrick Henry. Um, and I, I think that just says so much about who our team is, who he is, um, his, just his ability to run. Um, so, you know, like you said, definitely one of the few bright spots out of this game would have been that would have been that running game. And, you know, there were some other things. I mean, there were these moments where it seemed like we were trying to get other guys going and involved. And, and of course, we just couldn't do it consistently overall.
0: Yeah, no, I think. One of the, the bad parts about the, the game was, again, and I think you touched on it, was the uh, the defense. He uh, sort of had uh, them playing, you know, they only had two quarterback hits, no sacks, um, you know, compared to Cincinnati's defense where they had four quarterback hits and uh, two sack or one sack, sorry. So, I mean, they were definitely getting to Tannehill with their rush uh, where, you know, just looking at our game on paper, we weren't matching up the same Um, and and what's really odd is you know we essentially went on to cut Jonathan Joseph from the team and he actually almost led the team in tackles in that game he had eight solo tackles you know uh, which is kind of interesting you know again I think it was the right move for the Titans to release a guy who's you know way past his prime and should probably only be used more in like zone coverage type of situations but having to start him uh, basically covering the uh, the why, if you will, on offense, it just didn't work out for him.
1: So, yeah, and look, at, you know, we, we know stats and numbers don't say it all, but I think it's right. deceiving that he had so many tackles because he had to, because right. of how poorly he was playing that game. I mean, he surrendered eight completions and ten targets for almost 100 yards and a touchdown, so it just wasn't a good game. Um, and and it's not all on him individually in the sense that obviously he's out there living out our scheme as a defense and so i think there are still some things that we could probably improve but um i mean i think it was just time i mean obviously you mentioned him getting cut we know that beasley was also released this past week after what was certainly his worst uh performance of the season you could argue so i think that you know for whatever reason, we really are looking at this as kind of like a tipping point or like a halfway point in the year where it's like, you know, if we're not seeing what we know we need to win, it's got to change.
0: Right. And, and I think one of the worst parts of the game when you, you you take a step back for a moment is that all phases of the Titans team wasn't executing. Right. So you had the interception on the offensive side, you know, you had the stalled drives. Then on the defense, you had no pressure, couldn't get off the field on third down, uh, you know, and just getting beat, especially in the secondary. And then you get to the special teams, which was normally one of our brighter spots, you know, Kern getting hurt on that muff punt, uh, Gronkowski missing a field goal. It, I mean, it's just hard to win when, when all three phases of the game just have so many mistakes. They They normally have one of them sort of make up for the other, if that makes sense, but in this game, it was just all of them sort of was crash and burn. But, you know, that's just the way it goes sometimes. And, and unfortunately, you know, Kern got hurt, you know, in that game with his wrist when that ball hit him. And then, you know, Gonkowski missing a kick. It just, I don't know, it was just kind of crappy the way that it all kind of worked out, you know.
1: Yeah, I think football especially is is a sport where – you really do have to execute almost perfectly in in all aspects or you at the very least have to be able to play complimentary to where, you know, if you're, you know, once your defense gets off the field, your offense has to score and, and then your defense needs to just get you the ball right back. I mean, and we were just, again, there were these moments where it's like one guy would make a play, but then there'd be a penalty on somebody else. And so it was sort of negate what happened. We saw that again. Jayon had to pick late in the game, but then there was, pass interference called earlier in the game you know i think it was joseph that had a pass interference call that set set the Bengals up to right. score just just mental errors at the very least that that just kill you uh in a game and you know I, I will say we we obviously have had some games where we've come back from and that's fine but i think you know you kind of said earlier like since he came out to sort of hit us in the mouth anytime you're playing from behind as much as we were it's going to be tough to win because you, you, have you've got to have to pass the ball at that point more than run. Obviously time, it becomes an issue um, about the special teams though. Like I'm kind of curious where you're at. Cause we talked last week about, you know, Goskowski and, you know, obviously, you know, Brable and J Rob both still seem very confident sticking with him. Um, you know, that kick that he did miss, you um, definitely was kicking into the wind, but I mean, are you, are you at a crossroads there where you kind of feel like we need to start making some other considerations or even just make a change?
0: Yeah, I really am. And I think this would have been the game to do it if, if they felt the same way I did, but I'm kind of at the point because you, you can't cut him now. Cause you, you have such a quick game on Thursday to get a guy in and, and all of that kind of jazz. It, it'd be too cumbersome. So you got to just kind of write him out, but yeah, I'm I, I'm on my last kind of leg with him, honestly. <laughs> um, no pun, pun, pun intended. Yeah, because missing a a kick, you know. Yeah, it was kind of windy and stuff, but you know, it just it just kind of sucks to say he's like almost missed a kick in every game. Um, you know, some of them are not his fault, and we've talked about that on the show. That you can clearly see on tape that you know somebody misses a block, and he's got a guy on his face, or a guy gets a hand on it. Because again, poor blocking up front you know the, those things he can avoid but yeah I, I i think they should personally move on or at least after this next kind of the longer break between the baltimore game if he isn't you know if he misses a, a kick in the next game or misses one in the colts game i i i would there would be no love loss if they they moved on from him for me anyways so
1: you know it makes me kind of wish i knew more about how they really evaluate these decisions um i mean i you know i i'm i'm more a fan than anything else i i have not played football i don't have expertise per se i'm just passionate enough about it to follow it and study it and we're doing this podcast now which has been a blast but i thought about this and whether or not we should change uh having a in there and i think what's tough is the first question i asked myself was was well has he cost us a game um And I think, you know, early on in the season, he had more redemptive moments than anything where, you know, he was sloppy obviously in opening week and all that, but then came through at the end of the game against Denver, came through against, you know, Minnesota. And so for the most part, most of the time he's been solid. And I think even with that Cincy game, yes, he missed that kick, um, but it really wasn't like the determining outcome. The the game against Pittsburgh is the one game where, even though you really shouldn't pin it all on one guy, it does feel like, man, if he makes that kick to tie the game and we go into overtime, we win. So I kind of feel like that's really the only one that almost lands solely on him in a sense. And so all that said, I don't necessarily have an issue with the fact that we're still riding him it's just obviously a gamble because our mindset certainly is that we're going to be aggressive enough and probably you're, I think you're going to end up seeing us go for it on fourth downs more as the year goes on. And that's certainly as much of a gamble as it could get, but I won't be surprised if we're in scoring position or in the red zone and end up just going forward on fourth down as opposed to kicking, which we even saw, I believe on Sunday versus the Bengals.
0: Right. No, I agree. I think that's going to be a uh, sort of rabels, uh, quick fix or resolution to putting it all on Gonkowski and then just go for it on fourth down, because, you know, if he misses a kick, you know, uh, especially, you know, when you're sort of in that 20 to 40 yard line zone, uh, which is, you know, not considered the red zone. Right. Um, you know, it, I think it's worth going for it because even if he punts right there, he, uh, Kern would have to, you know, use his skills to get it like, you know, within the 10, you know, to one yard line range so that it bounces and they were able to recover it there. Um And so it's, it, you know, I, I don't, I don't think you're out too much. Where like if he misses that kick, the ball's now on like let's just say the 35. You know, and they have great field position, and then you kind of, you know, I don't know. It sort of takes the wind out of the offense, I think a little bit. So yeah, I mean, I think I think Vrabel sh- should kind of consider that a little bit more if they're not going to make a change from him. Or you know, again, maybe maybe he has a good a good week and they feel solid and he you know he's he's nailed everything over 50 which is really odd uh considering he's missed everything shorter than that so uh yeah i mean well i think
1: that i think that kick he did miss again since he was 53 oh that's right that's Um, right that's right but but again that that was 30 mile an hour winds or so and it's not an excuse but i mean that has to be as hard as it gets as a kicker uh but i'm glad you made the comment there though about practice because i think one of the things that you know I feel like I at least should have should have highlighted better throughout this, this process of us recording each week is that, you know, some of these guys um, haven't either been able to practice a full week, or it seems like the coaches are seeing enough positively in practice that sort of, you know, almost justifies us sticking with things the way we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you said, if they keep seeing that Gaskowski has good weeks practicing and kicking Chances are they're probably going to ride that as long as they can. Um, and then just on the flip side, I know, um, you know, clowning again, man, had some moments in that game where you really thought he was going to come through, really just couldn't get quite there. But then I thought about it later and it's like, you know, he hasn't always had a full week of practice. And so not that it's an excuse, but I mean, I think the reality at some point is if you're not getting the right amount of time during the week to prepare, to improve, it's obviously not going to translate come game time.
0: Right. I think the, the non-practicing does hurt him a little bit. Um, And when you look at the stat sheet for him on that game on Sunday, he had one tackle and that's it. You didn't have any QB hits, no sacks. It's almost like he came in for one play, made a, made a tackle and then that's it when he was actually on the field a considerable amount of time and I know with defensive guys you can't really look at the stat sheet and say he didn't he wasn't disruptive in other ways but it's just hard to not take that in and think well you know what are we getting out of him and then now you throw in the uh, injury this week uh it's it's just kind of getting tricky with him I mean I we knew that he had the injury bug coming in and luckily we didn't pay top dollar for him like the browns would have for example uh but i just i just hope he's able to to get back on practice i know that knee stuff you know he he could get it you know scoped or whatever they kind of do for the meniscus and get it cleaned up but i i mean if he's not practicing and kind of on you know out there working out i think it's going to be tough for him to come back even if they do put him on that like mini ir that they have now you know so, yeah,
1: well, let's touch on that for a moment. I mean, obviously one of the biggest, I think, storylines, so to speak, of our off season was was adding to the edge rush. And so we essentially committed to Vic Beasley and we ended up getting Clowney, which was huge right there before the season started. And fast forward to now, we we cut Beasley um, <laughs> really just I mean, it, it you know, he just really didn't have um Really, any kind of impact? Really, I mean, he just just wasn't. Well, it wasn't great from the start, um, and so he's been cut. Now they they still sound very high on Clowney, and I, I I understand that. I'm okay with it. I mean, again, he's had a lot of close, near you know near significant plays, and just hasn't quite got there. And of course, now he's dealing with a potential meniscus issue, mm-hmm. which could be significant. But I mean, like, how are you feeling at this point about where? all of that's at now that it's you know now that we've kind of seen the result of things and sort of how that impacts the rest of our season
0: yeah uh so first off i want to give j-rob credit for owning up to the miss with beasley um i don't know if Mm -hmm. you got to see his press conference this week but he you know owned up to it he said right away that you know it was kind of you know they thought they could you know work with him and it, and it just didn't work out and that's kind of kind of on him in, in a lot of ways and so I thought that was uh pretty uh a pretty good leadership style from him to kind of just take on take the hit if you will uh for saying that you know this guy didn't perform but you know at the same time I, I don't know why J-Rob is sort of struggling with finding guys to come in this year and kind of in a little bit in the past as well uh it it seems like you know some GMs are 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 so good at finding, for example, corners or uh, linemen or offensive linemen or receivers, and I think J. Rob actually is so good at at finding all of those other positions. But I think the defensive line position has sort of like, um, you know, it's either hit or miss with him on that because you know he, he drafted Landry, who turned out to be a great pickup and a budding star and I'm sure we're going to lock yeah. him up long-term. And then Simmons, you know, it was really smart to take a guy who had torn his ACL at the combine. And, you know, you didn't know what you were going to get, you know, drafting him in the first round like that. So I think, you know, credit to him again, two two great pickups for the defensive line, but, you know, he let Casey walk, you know, who uh, I think last year, you know, performed at a, a pretty high level. I mean, he probably would have, you know, went down this year, but then we turn around and pay Beasley, right around about the same money to come in and play for, I don't know, just a few games. And then, (laughs) you know, he's out, Uh, you know, and then uh, Clowney, you know, he, I mean, I think we got him on the cheap, which was good, but he hasn't actually kind of lived up, I think to some of the hype that you would have normally gotten from him. And probably it's probably part of that problem to Clowney is, is uh, he hasn't played super well, but then he doesn't have anybody besides, landry on that other side giving him a you know because simpson simmons does a lot up front but it's a lot of uh run stuffing and kind of like those kinds of type of things where you know he needed somebody to kind of you know sort of pat bull rush as well especially because they move him around so much uh like so for example landry will line up on the right side and then uh they'll, they'll move somebody out on the left side and then Clowney will sort of pick and choose the gap that he's going to shoot through. Um, He just needs like one other guy to kind of make something happen so he can get there. But I I don't know. I just want to, you know, I think it's worth calling out that J Rob just sort of, I think is sort of hit and miss on the defensive line. Unfortunately, I think he's, he's such a, uh, a good evaluator in so many other positions. You know, you look at corner, you look at receivers, you look at tight ends, I mean, he just really has a knack for those positions. But the defensive line sort of been, you know, kind of wash a little bit, you know. And so this year it's just unfortunate because we, we were hoping that we would see this, you know, kind of, you know, Blitzberg type of front, you know, that was just constantly getting in the backfield. And it really hasn't fruitated at all this year, you know. So that's kind of how I feel about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, a lot of good takes there. I mean, I will say, first of all, don't forget, I'm the one that sent you the tweets from – Wyatt at J. Rob's Mm. presser uh, that he he had. So look, I think it was impressive that he you know addressed all of that. Um, I I thought about that in the sense that I don't know how often team managers do that, but I think he does a good job of being vocal when he needs to be. Um, You know, and and here's here's what I think is interesting about all this is that you know had he not gone out and added you know, to the edge rush, like he did, there would be so right. much criticism or would that's have great. been, I think. Um, I mean, I think at one point you had even said after we did sign Connie, that had we not gotten Connie, it would have been like, mm-hmm. what are they doing? Um, and the reality is you go out and you, I, I really believe that they went out and got the best players. They felt like they could at the right prices. We knew this was going to be a younger and cheaper approach. And that's what we've seen. Um and I, I, you know, it just, it hasn't worked, mm-hmm. right? It hasn't worked and it is tough, but I I'm, I don't fault them in the sense that they made the effort. Like we, we actually did go out and try to better that aspect of our defense. Um, and I also think that it would be one thing to me if we had just sort of ridden this throughout the season, but the fact that here we are mid season and they're willing to make changes right now, Um, I think that says a lot to me um, that they're willing to do that and not waste any more time. Um, So, yeah, I mean, if it turns out that, you know, bringing in Beasley and Clowney was, was essentially a bust for this season, it does, it's tough, but at the same time, I think it's, it's great to know we have that kind of front office that's going to go out and do everything that they can to make sure we have a chance to win now because that's what's happening. Um, and I think there's more to it as well in the sense that obviously we knew this was going to be a unique year for the defense in terms of how they're approaching things. Um, I thought one of the more interesting bits coming out of the you know days after the game against Cincinnati there was – yeah, um, you know, Koharski was was pretty harsh with Vrabel around this notion of, you know, him saying that he didn't think their not being a defensive coordinator had an impact or was affecting, you know, how the defense has been playing. Um, and I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I know you're you're calling kind of hit or miss with, with Vrabel and how he addresses things, but You know, Dean Pease was actually uh, talked to earlier in the week by by Midday Sports there in Tennessee, and one of the things that he said was that he thinks a lot of it's a mindset issue, where, you know, the players are out there, they know the scheme, they know the goal, but instead of it being third down and they're like, we're going to get this stop, it's like, maybe they're not sure. Um, and and that kind of resonated because I feel like you're seeing that a lot with the, with some of the guys right now where they're just maybe just not as much swagger as confidence as you would have expected from a team that had Beasley and Clowney and Simmons and Landry all on the same front. Like that was supposed to be killer. It hasn't been. So it's tough. I think it obviously just gives us one more thing to overcome, so to speak, or to find a way to improve on. Um, we're, we're going to see what we're made of one way or the yeah, other. Yeah, you
0: no. Know, and, and I think you bring up a really excellent point, which is that uh, J Rob is staying fluid. You know, he is not stuck on the roster he has and he will make changes. And that, that right there is key because you see a lot of times teams come in with the same game plan, the same crew and expect some sort of a different result. You know, <laughs> uh, he's not afraid to mix it up. I mean, you know, Joseph had eight tackles in that game, pl- played pretty poorly overall, but I mean, he at least had, you know, tackles. And, you know, Jalen Brown was basically the defense <laughs> on Sunday, uh, which.
1: He has been almost yeah. all year, it seems like. It, it, it... Really he playing like I mean, out. He
0: is, he, we we definitely have to re-sign him, and it's crazy that we found him like in what like the fifth round or fourth round, I think it was. Um, so, but yeah, I just I hope I I'm glad that J Rob is willing to just make changes and and still see what's going on him. Mean, he went out and got a really good corner with King. Um, I think that was huge because he's sort of like a younger version of Logan Ryan, right? So we didn't pay uh, Logan Ryan. I think he wanted what, like ten or eleven million to play for one more season. Uh, We picked up King's contract at like one point eight million, I think it was. So I mean, you know, we just have him this year for essentially two million. We go to the playoffs, and then you know, we can maybe sign him long term to, uh, you know, maybe a team friendly deal. You know, so but the nice thing is, is that we now have our slot guy, which I think they had hoped Fullerton was going to take over that position, but with him getting hurt, and you know being kind of, you know, wet behind the ears. You just didn't see it happen this year. But now we have a guy that can take that over and hopefully even cover, you know, some of the longer routes. So I think, you know, it's good. I mean, I don't mean to harp on J-Rob too much. I think he's a really good GM. And again, I always respect people that can take the hit. Um, and then on the defense, you know, coming back to what you said about Pease, that sounds about right to me. I would like to see Bowen, you know, step it up and have his, like, game. I mean, I think the Bills game... Was probably the game I could really point to and say, "Man, you you had the right game plan. You had the guys on the same page. They really shut down. You know, one of the better teams in the NFL, right? I mean, the Bills are leading their division. They're they're going to win that division most likely, and they're going to have a, a a a home a home uh, playoff game, or maybe even a possibly a buy a buy game if they you know keep it up. So so I think you know I think the defense was on the same page that week. I don't know. How they sort of get them back to that level, uh, but that's the only game where I can say Bowen's really kind of shown like he 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 basically was was playing chess while the other team was playing checkers, you know. So, but uh, I hope you know he, we sort of have a game teed up this week against the Bears. They have a ton of you know guys missing from the offensive line and COVID outbreaks. Uh, you know, not to take anything away from any success that he ends up getting, but I think that should at least sort of like give him maybe be uh, maybe something to work with if you will to you know going into that game
1: yeah it'll be interesting to see kind of what they do i mean i'm excited for the pickup with desmond king i think that's great and he seems excited and ready to go um officially got essentially cleared uh to play which is great um and and we're gonna need it i mean we've we've struggled at that position throughout the season for various reasons but to me watching these games it's like it's it's as simple at times as not giving the guy right. 10 yards. You know, I think, you know, oddly enough, the more and more that I think about it, I mean, we need everyone to essentially play with Malcolm Butler's mindset. And I, I talked about this, I think it was last week. I, I don't know what's gotten into him. <clears> I love it. I, I mean, he, he it, it's like just his aggressiveness and his his physicality right now um have just been stellar and it, it, we just we need that kind of spark everywhere um and and you know kind of like you said you know Bears game on deck just kind of another chance to sort of see what we can come up with especially against a team that has kind of a very uh, uh up and down offense most of the time and Nick Foles at quarterback which I think I also said uh was not going to be good for the Bears so um, but yeah, I mean, any, any other thoughts on, on the Cincy game? I, I do want to point out, I think it's also tough because we had such a killer start to the year five and O and then you lose two straight and you know, you kind of end up in a haze where you're like, what is going on? And I even saw a few people on Reddit that were like nine and seven, here <laughs> we come. Like, it's kind of easy to fall into that mindset of like, man, are we going to be able to get back into this, this winning mode? But I mean, we're still five and two. Wow, uh, currently tied uh, in the lead with the Colts for the AFC South, but still a lot to be excited about. And I think we we still have a, a favorable enough schedule ahead um, to feel good about yeah, the rest of the year. Yeah,
0: that's a good point. And we're still in it. You know, we're in it to win it, right? So I, I think at five and two, there's definitely you know a a little bit of disappointment losing two back to back. But I mean, I don't think you can call it a season's done type of thing. It's we're, we're nowhere near that. Um, and I don't think there's any indication that we're going to go nine and seven personally. But I think this next three weeks is going to be a tough one. You know, we we luckily play uh, the Bears on Sunday and then we got the Colts again on the Thursday. So the team doesn't have to travel within such a short period. But at the same time, the Bears are going to come to play, uh, which is going to be tough considering their defense is is pretty aggressive. And, and then you got the Colts, which is a huge, huge divisional game. It'll probably uh, kind of set who owns the the king of the hill for our division, really. Uh, you know, because we're we're gonna play them. And then we got right after that a, a little bit of a break, but we got a you know probably the hardest game all year besides Pittsburgh, which is Baltimore. So it's a really interesting stretch right now. Um, but you know, I, I, I think I think the Titans can rise to it. I think they really can. And, and if they beat the Bears on Sunday. And, you know, I think it's just kind of kind of getting over that hump and then, you know, kind of gives them a cleaner slate, I think, going into the Thursday game.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it's definitely a good perspective. I mean it's, it's it's these next 3 games could be a huge swing in a, in the right direction. Um I like that the Colts have the Ravens first tomorrow. So they're I think they're going to be worn out come Thursday more so than I think we are. Um so they're they're hosting the, the Ravens tomorrow and then they've got to come to Tennessee to play us. I think that that might depending on how our game goes if we can hold our own that might be a bit of an advantage. I think uh the Ravens are just a very you know, physical rough team. Um, so hopefully they'll bang Indy up a bit. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit here. I, I feel good about this Bears game. I think it'll be a chance for us to to get back on track. And then, yeah, I, I think at the very least, if we can go two and one in these next three, you're, you're kind of right back on track.
0: Yeah, you yeah no, I agree. Uh, two and one is what, really what we're hoping for. And of course, if the, you know, for whatever reason we lose tomorrow And the Colts lose as well, which I'm pretty sure they are. They're not favored uh, in that game. Uh, But if if we both lose, at least it'll come down to Thursday's game where we can at least decide who's going to really kind of own the division at that point. So I think that's the nice thing about uh, having the Colts, you know, so, so much so close to after this game, in case anything crazy happens tomorrow. But I really think we walk away from this game with the win. We're favored by 6.5 points, which is crazy. Um, you know, I think the bears have a ton of problems right now. They they have a COVID outbreak. Um, they had that corner that got suspended for two games. Um, You know, they only have really kind of one star receiver. He's actually really good though. Robinson, you know, he's had 631 yards and three touchdowns this year, you know, in comparison to Davis, you know, he basically has double the yards Davis has. And I think Davis is having an outstanding year uh, with 369 yards and three touchdowns. So they definitely throw the ball to him. So uh, Butler will line up with him. And, and coming back to your Butler point, I mean, I think Butler does play with such an edge on his shoulder. And what's funny is he's kind of a little guy. He's normally a little smaller than some of the guys he's covering. But he's, you know, you wouldn't know it with the way he kind of holds himself. And, you know, after each play, he's kind of talking trash and, you know, kind of, you know, almost kicking dirt in their face. It, it's so much fun to watch. But uh, I'm sure he's going to have a hard time tomorrow with Robinson. And then we'll have to ha- make sure that Jalen – And Vaccaro or Bayard pick up Graham, you know, across the middle. So it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a tough game. I I don't know where, where, where are you at with the game? Like what, what's, what's your kind of, I know we've talked about the score a little bit, but like, how do you see it play out and how do how do you get to that score you kind of have in your head?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that'll be interesting is to see how our O-line does. Um, I mean, the Bears are just a ginormous front. Uh, Khalil Mack, Keem Hicks especially, stand out. So they're going to have their hands full, and I think it's going to be a really good test for us, especially with, you know, LaJuan being out. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm curious to see how they do. I, I expect there to be, I think at times, more of a let's-get-Tanny-and-the-receivers-into-a-rhythm-early-especially kind of approach. Um, I know we're going to see Henry run. I'm not worried about the kind of game that he'll have. It might be one. We talked about this too. I mean, it might be one of those quieter games where he's closer to, or maybe under a hundred. Um, I think he'll still get a touchdown at some point, but I see this as more of a game for John new Fursker, you know, AJ and Corey, especially to really help us move the chains um and and that would ideally at some point open up the field for some runs um and also we really haven't talked about this but man Tannehill runs himself so well um so whether they you know design a scramble for him or he just is able to read the play and and get some yards I think we'll we'll just be able to move the ball fairly well um the weird thing with the Bears is just their offense is just weird and and I think it all starts with Nagy as a coach I don't think he, he has full confidence, no matter who they're playing, you know, they started the year with Mitch Trubisky and of course now Foles is playing. Um, And, you know, in a way it's like, you don't really know what version of Foles you're going to get. He's thrown at least one interception (laughs) in every game. Um, He barely has more touchdowns than interceptions, and he gets sacked quite a bit. He's been sacked, I think as many as nine times the last two weeks. So that right there is just another golden opportunity for our defense to, find a way to get to them. I, I think if there's a quarterback so far that we've played that I don't think is very mobile, it's gotta be Nick Foles. So, um, you know, I, I think, I think it'll be close for maybe throughout the game for the most part, but I, I'm expecting us to win by a yeah, That
0: I think that that was a solid read on the game. I was going to ask you, you know, do you think Trubisky being out for this game puts them in a bind in a way? Uh, you know, you know, not that I I hope that Foles gets hurt or anything like that. You know, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. I just mean like it's gonna be tough because if Foles does have to come out for whatever reason and they're already down a lineman, where does that kinda leave their offense, you know?
1: <laughs> well, Maggie's going to have to play quarterback and it's going to be fun to watch. Um, no, it's a great question. I think,
0: that and, and
1: I'm not even going to say, I think I've done enough reading to know that they are concerned. Um, now Trubisky's probably not going to need surgery or anything like that, but I don't think that he'd be available should something happen. Um, and so I think this is all connected in the sense that, you know, they don't seem to, and when I say there's not confidence to me, what I mean by that is, I feel like when you see how our offense goes out and plays, the, the plays that we run, the way Tannehill adjusts things, you can tell that there's a lot of trust in what they're doing or in what Tannehill decides to do with the ball. You don't really see that with the Bears. And I've watched several of games of theirs this year, and they'll go from letting Foles air it out but you can almost just sense the entire Bears sideline wincing like, Oh God, this is going to be bad. And then like three or four plays after that will just be like chunk plays. So I don't think they've got a good read on how they want to move the ball. Um, you know, their tight end Graham is really their biggest target and that could cause some problems cutting us up, you know, especially, you know, down the middle of the field, but, I just don't think that they have a good sense of how they want to operate, um, and especially now with Trubisky being hurt, I think that's in the yeah. No, the that's offense. a good
0: assessment because uh, I think the Robinson and Graham will give us fits, uh, but I think one of the missing things from their offense that I noticed watching tape on them was their run game. Um, Montgomery is a big, uh, powerful back, but he doesn't have the speed that Henry has, for example, um, and then uh, it just seems like the the offensive line can't seem to make enough gaps or holes for him to make plays. I mean, uh, they just can't really get their run game going on. They're only averaging uh, 85 yards a game, you know, um, compared to our 155 yards rushing a game. <laughs> uh, so they definitely don't uh, run the ball very well. And I think that hurts the team, but I think it comes back to the old line, which, you know, doesn't, you know, they don't get any relief this week with uh, their outside tackles, Jason Spriggs uh, testing positive positive. And then you had uh, if- Ifitie, I think that's how you say his name. It's uh, he- a word. <laughs> it's a word now. If it wasn't before. It his is name now. If- Ifidi, uh the right guard. He's been put on locked quarantine, so he could still maybe play on uh, on sun on tomorrow, but. You know, he still, it just depends if he's tested positive, I mean, sorry, negative all week and not showing symptoms. And then you throw in that their center is also out for the game. So I, they have quite a bit of injuries and, in, 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 you know, stuff up front. So, I mean, it's going to be tough for them to actually get the ball downfield, I think, with not having those guys up front to stop guys like Simmons and Landry personally. It's going to be a long day. So, uh, but yeah, if for what I, and the worst part too is coming back to Trubisky for a second is that if let's just say Foles comes in the game starts throwing you know three or four ints and just can't get anything going i mean it's not like they can just turn to drubisky so it's going to be really hard they really are going to have to ride Foles in this game no matter what happens right and that's just a bad combination if you ask me
1: <laughs> yeah it, it definitely feels like a ride or die scenario are you are you expecting you know because i feel like you know we've we've seem to have played a lot of zone at times, or we seem to almost play this sort of just, you know, almost like a uh, contain type defense. I mean, are you expecting to see anything specific or is there a certain approach you would like to see, especially with this reality of, you know, a team sort of on the fringe with just one quarterback? Yeah, I, who's not I on would that like reliable. to see
0: them uh really go after him. um You know, take some chances, you know, have Vaccaro or, uh, you know, King actually is a really good rusher uh, from some of the stats and things I read about him. You know, why not let him go after the quarterback? Vaccaro has a lot of sex, uh, uh, a lot of success rushing the quarterback, Um, you know, even Evans and, and, and Jalen, like just like, you know, let's rush you know five six guys at times let's let's try to have bulls beat us in other words like let's let's just put him in that position to have one on one matchups but a ton of guys coming in his face and let's you know with a banged up offensive line you know let's i think that's where bowen's head should be and so that that's where i would like to see the defense play out tomorrow with just plenty of rushes plenty plenty of things up front you know with us just going man to man i know it, it puts us in a bind when they go deep like that. But I really feel like with the line they have, if we just really push really hard and sort of start hitting foals, I think he just gets unsettled, gets happy feet. And then after that, every time you rush, it's just going to, he's going to just see ghosts and those kinds of things. That's, that, that's what I would like to see tomorrow. You know?
1: Yeah, I like it. I mean, I think, you know, we, whether it's been, you know, Vicaro, Butler at times, those, those, those sort of sneaky corner blitzes, I think, would be great in a game like this, especially against a guy like Fold. And I, I, I'd i like to see more man-to-man. I mean, I, I think one of the things that's happened is because we're trying to do so much zone, it's like there's too many handoffs. And, you know, certainly the communication has to improve. But I I feel like if we just went with a little bit more of a basic approach, you know, trusted the guys on the receivers to just – have and own their man maybe that even frees up you know more of our, our linebackers to to get pressure or keep you know coverage you know to avoid just giving up you know long plays more third downs that sort of thing so you know i, I think we're both on the same page and that this seems like a good chance to maybe right. be more aggressive No,
0: i agree 100 percent. it is the game in my mind especially probably playing if not you know half backups up front of <laughs> um, guys from the practice squad that hadn't actually sued up yeah. this year for an actual game playing. So might as well just like let the, let the dogs out and just let them go um, and see what happens. I mean, you know uh, again, they only have, you know, two bright spots at the passing game. And so I think we just take a chance letting, you know, maybe Byard or Jalen cover Graham and then uh, Butler or King covering Robinson and then just let everybody else go home and see what happens. You know, uh, you know, not about saying every every down or anything like that, but I just mean to the level of where you know, when you watch Pittsburgh, you just know they're going to blitz. You know, on every every other play, if you will. So it'd be nice to see it tomorrow. And then I think on the offensive side, I think a a, a nice dose of Henry and Tannehill keeping a steady hand should should get us to where where I think we're going to end up with about. Uh, you know, probably about seven, maybe even 10 points, you know, uh, winner, I think tomorrow. So.
1: Yeah. And, you know, both teams coming off of uh two game losing streaks, So it's certainly a, a crucial game. Um, and I mean, I, I expect our guys to be Locked in, ready to go. Um, I'm, I'm sure the Bears will will do their best as well. Um, they and, and they've kind of hit. This is really kind of the toughest part of their schedule so far. I mean, they started the year with the Lions, the Giants, the Falcons, um, and then it's been Colts, Bucks, Panthers, maybe a wash, but Rams, Saints, now Tennessee. So you know, this is just a good chance to continue to keep them on their heels. And I, you know, it's an NFC opponent, so certainly there's maybe not you know that that um, seeding thought i guess but but we are obviously still very much in the mix and it kind of feels like we're playing for i want to say like a three seed right now so especially with the colts having a tough game against the ravens i just yep, think it's a good opportunity for and, us to and get a win.
0: one other thing i wanted to point out about tomorrow's game is that uh it looks like it's going to be about 80 degrees tomorrow um and and that's pretty warm you know it's for a. uh, uh mid october uh, sorry mid November game uh, and you know coming down wow. from Chicago uh, in a very humid area that that could play a little bit of a part, especially because they didn 't get to practice this week right because of them shutting their facility down, so that heat might actually affect them a little bit tomorrow i wouldn 't say that it 's going to you know make all the difference in the game, but definitely when you get to those third and fourth quarters uh, when they 're having to try to you know stop Henry somehow, I think the defense might start to feel it a little bit more you know just a you know a little bit more than than usual due to the heat and the humidity
1: yeah that's a good call out i was curious about the weather and you definitely would expect it to be a lot cooler than that so you know we'll we'll take a warm a warm sunday afternoon any it you know anything to, to yeah, throw it's, the just bears to give you off, a comparison it's more.
0: the high tomorrow here in phoenix is 68 so it's going to you know, the high tomorrow in Nashville is 79. So <laughs> it's going to definitely be a lot warmer there. So hopefully the weather holds up and, you know, forces them to, you know, kind of strip down, if you will, and not feel so bundled up and, and, and maybe take them, take a little bit out of them. So.
1: So I think we both feel good about this yeah, game. Did thinking, you have a score you know, in mind?
0: I was hovering right around uh, maybe 28 or 34 Titans, to you know 17 or 21 you know bears you know that's kind of where I was it's kind of hard to lock it in because I think if Clowney doesn't play they might end up with 24 or 21 points you know I think I think he kind of helps them out a little bit on offense just because they won't have to deal with him um with that banged up offensive line Uh, But I think the Titans definitely score pretty freely tomorrow just because I don't think their defense will have an answer uh, being down their number one corner Um, and then just Tannehill having, you know, all of his weapons tomorrow. I mean, except for Humphreys who's out, but I, you know, Humphreys was never like a a huge kind of playmaker like AJ or, or Davis and he'll have both of them tomorrow and probably, the uh, a little bit of a healthier new smith so in throwing first and we bumped up batson from the uh practice squad so he's gonna he's gonna have all his weapons at yeah. disposal so i think he he definitely you know it's gonna be kind of a i think the game honestly is whereas it sounds i think it plays out the way the bills games did where they just kind of come in and then around the second quarter mm-hmm. realize that this was a mistake coming to nashville you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> we should have just forfeited this game you saw it on Thursday with <sighs> Green Bay and in, in the Niners they had a big COVID outbreak had to play that game on Thursday night by the third quarter you knew the Niners had no reason to be in that game I know they were down Garoppolo and and, and Kettle and a couple of, of main guys but you could just see how like they just were like not they just didn't want to play. It was over, you know? So I think that's maybe what you might see from the bears tomorrow, but at the same time, I do want a a little bit of an interesting game. I, you know, but I'll take a blowout any day.
1: (laughs) Well, it's good to mention too. So the bears have had some, some positive COVID issues this past week. And I think at least one of the days their facilities were closed. So, you know, those, you know, look, we know that we held our own when we had that issue and weren't able to, to practice in person Um, but you know that's a test for every team to figure out so it will be interesting to see how they've managed to prepare for the game on for them what's basically been a short week and a week where they have to travel I feel like that probably really eats into their prep time Um, so that could give us a a a decent advantage I would think at, at the very least all that said I mean certainly hope that uh anyone involved or or you know sick is is you know, gets well and, and certainly hope that there aren't any lingering issues yeah, for either I team agree. after our game tomorrow. It It's almost funny how this has changed, though, in terms of a narrative because, you know – Going back to when we had our issues, it was almost like the <laughs> league was, "Let's just put everything on pause." And now they're like, eh, "It's fine. We'll play anyways." What? You've only got two players? Ah, it's fine. Get them out there. That'll be fine. So I think I think the NFL is just determined to. Well, to I have think that's actually a really regardless. good
0: uh, topic to touch on because we had an outbreak so early in the season. We were sort of the canary in the cage in the mine, right? Uh, they didn't know what was going to happen with us. And they sort of did as much as they could to not cancel the game. But, you know, you're reading uh, just about, it seems like every other day uh, teams being fined, the Raiders losing a six round pick, right? I think it was like the the NFL is like coming down hard on these teams for having outbreaks due to uh, not following protocol. Where like with us, uh, we were the talk of the town there for a minute. And I think everybody hated us because we they thought, you know, we were just like the only team not paying attention to the rules. But it's, you know, not that I'm saying it's nice to see that people are are not paying attention to the rules. I mean, it's just nice to see that we weren't like this outlier. It's every team's having, you know, lapses with, you know mass and and their little tracking devices and things like that it 's not like the the Titans were just like the only team in the whole world or the in all of the n f l that just decided not to do any of those kinds of things you know where like all the teams now are facing a lot of the struggles we had that early in the in the season you know
1: yeah it'll be interesting to see how things go i you know there hasn 't been that much necessarily said it's certainly nothing really confirmed but I really do believe um, not just from an obvious, you want to win games, need to win games standpoint. I really think these next games are super, super important because I think at some point, once we've had 10 games played, I think the NFL could very much get more aggressive at considering and approving a shortened season. Um, I'm sure the goal, I think the goal is still to, to play a full year but there has been talk there apparently have been proposals at the very least drafted to bring to owners around a shorter season. So, I mean, if, if, you know, you keep seeing outbreaks and I think also perhaps if you keep seeing teams have an issue being compliant, you know um, I just wouldn't be surprised if we get to a point where the NFL is like, you know, we don't need these last four games or we don't need these last two games. Let's call it. Let's see where our seating's at. Let's go. So, you know, just more and more reason for us to take care of what's in front of us tomorrow—the Bears, than the Colts, and the Ravens—because that would that would land us at ten games, ideally eight and two at the very least. I think seven. Yeah, and no, that's would, a good point. A
0: good I know spot. that uh, there's also talk about expanding the playoffs, right, to kind of get more teams involved, considering the way uh, you know some teams might might have to forfeit and those kinds of things as the season goes on. But yeah, the NFL is really in a pickle right now because you know we basically had more positive tests yesterday than we had since the beginning of the pandemic here in the u.s with rough, with more than a thousand people unfortunately uh you know and i feel sorry for their families and their loved ones to pass away yesterday but we had like a thousand like 40 people die because of covid um and it's only spiking more now um you know, and it's even threatening my uh, Christmas vacation because of, you know, traveling and those kinds of things. So um, it's going to get really dicey here in December where the NFL is going to really have to take a step back, like you said, uh, and try to see what what are they going to do? Are they going to just keep the, stip- the, the ship going with the a pan- a, 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 a pandemic at its highest peak, or are they just going to play it safe and try to figure something out, you know, so – I think the NFL is just really in a pickle because they're going to have to decide, you know, actually pretty soon, you know. So
1: perhaps I mean I I think the goal is definitely going to be to have the full season played. I think that's going to be the goal unless they're they're really forced to to avoid that. Um, I do think a more much more realistic thing, though, not that you want to get ahead. And who knows how much it would be of an impact. But I do think having a, a bubble scenario for the actual playoffs, that wouldn't surprise me. You know, once we actually get to that point, which could be interesting because it seems like so much of football, especially, is about those, you know, late, late December, January, and then into February games where, with the exception of the Super Bowl, sometimes it's really, it's really substantial who the home team yeah. is and how much that impacts the game.
0: So do you you think there's any incentive to have the games considering the the low turnout for fans? Uh, Do you think that kind of maybe plays into some of this where they're just like thinking, you know, should we have a game? Should we even bother having four more games, for example, when we can't have any fans anyways? You know, do you think that kind of plays into it, you think?
1: I mean, I would imagine it. it, you know, there's going to be a lot of factors to something like this. Certainly revenue is probably the biggest one. Um, So I don't know. I mean, look, at the end of the day, you know, the NFL is a business. Right. And so I think they view it more as that than anything. And that's fine. Um, I think, you know, unless we start to see some substantial improvements, they're probably just going to have to really think about you know, the safest, most ideal way to have as complete a year as you can. I mean, we haven't had a single sport this year not impacted by this. So the fact that, you know, the NFL has managed so far to kind of trudge along anyways, yeah, it's great. But I think kind of what you're getting at here is at what cost? I mean, obviously we're already playing at a much lower capacity with fans and that's fine. I think they also announced this past week, you know, the Super Bowl is going to be a lower percentage. That's fine. But you know, at what point do they say, look, this is significant enough that maybe it has to be Mm. even more strict. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, So I think for the teams it's tough because obviously they're trying to focus on playing football and winning, which is what you've got to do. Um, But I just think you kind of have to be prepared for as unique a scenario as possible. So if anything, I think it's, I think it's good that the first part of the year didn't have fans, um and i think that you know we did obviously well those first 5 weeks one every game i don't think we're going to have issues if it turns out that you end up in a bubble scenario with 10 20% if no fans right i yeah. think we will no, be we'll good say, to go.
0: yep i feel the same way too
1: well so Anything else that you can think of. I know we talked about the Cincy game. We've kind of looked at it. I mean, a lot of roster moves, obviously. It's almost like a, a New Look Titans in a way. Um, but I I think for the most part we got we got to that and have talked about the the Bears game a bit. I'm I'm gonna say twenty seven seventeen. It's kind of where I'm I'm landing on this. I think we have a good day. Um and and maybe that final score doesn't reflect how, how well we play or win, so to speak, but I'm
0: going to say 27-17. I think uh, with that score, you're definitely kind of saying the defense is going to hold up tomorrow, which would be really nice. So I, I like that. I like that scenario. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I, I I think we covered a lot, you know, over the, the last couple of weeks or what we're going to see tomorrow. Um, you know, what's your kind of, uh, feeling on the Colts game really quickly because that's sort of coming, you know, hot and heavy. So, you know, or fast, if you will, because it's, it's just right around the corner. What are your thoughts on that Colts game?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's going to be a tough game I mean, the Colts always find a way to play tough. Um, I do think the fact that rivers is now their QB uh, hurts them more than it helps. Um just because he gambles. Um, and so I think that's just something that could play into our advantage. Um, and, and I think what's really, really big about this first game against them is I think going into that game, we're going to be six and three and they're going to be five and four. And so if we're able to get a win on third, that really gets us some space in the division. Um, and I think, I I just think they're going to really struggle against Baltimore. Um, not to give Baltimore too much credit, but I, I just think that that's a game for Baltimore to win. And then on a short week, if if you told me you had to play two games in a few days and it was, you know, the Bears and then another team or the Ravens, I, I'd want the Bears <laughs> and somebody else. I wouldn't want the Ravens. So, um, you know, look, I mean, I, I haven't been as on top of the Colts um, as maybe I should be, but I, I just think that they're going to be a team that's pesky. They're going to be a team that's competitive, but I I think rivers is doing just enough poorly that yep. that's a game for us to win. Well, just in the, the
0: tricky part too, is that I'd rather, I feel like we're going to split with them. You know, that's just the way I think it's going to turn out. We're going to, we're going to win one and lose one, but I'd rather win the one at home on Thursday, than uh than lose the one at home and be forced yeah. to sort of try to win in their house, you know, um and, and and the the worst part is we play them after baltimore much like they're playing baltimore and then playing us so i think it'd be wise for the team to take advantage of the short week being at home and try to knock out the colts on that first go around and then that when we go to their house uh <clears> we can at least kind of you know of course you want to win every game right but uh hopefully it just sort of takes the edge off when we go back to their house and you know Really, like to, within like maybe two or two and a half weeks, you know, we'll be in India again. So, but,
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it it is crazy, and it's also kind of kind of crazy looking at how this is all shaped up because you know. So we play Buffalo and beat them, but right now there's only a handful of teams in the AFC that that um, are kind of playing in that you know, only two loss range, and it's Bills, mm-hmm. Titans, Ravens, Colts. That's it. So you look at these next few weeks. Obviously, we got to play the Bears, but Ravens and Colts playing really helps us. We've already beaten Buffalo, so I think we can get a win against India initially. I don't mean to go too far ahead, but you know, don't you think that especially since we lost to Pittsburgh, it just puts that much more importance on yeah, finding definitely. way to beat Baltimore? Um,
0: I mean, that's a huge game, um, and especially because uh, they're going to be looking for payback right um, from beating them or embarrassing them in the playoffs last year uh, so it's going to be a big game for them I'm sure that they're going to remember and, and have a lot of uh, uh, you know I guess team motivation if you will that week uh, but yeah if we beat the Ravens they're the other one of the other premier teams in the AFC besides the Bills in Kansas City and Pittsburgh so if we take them out now um, you know it'll probably I think it essentially an it sends them into more of a wild card situation, if you will. Uh, so it's going to be interesting because you know if they don't win, if they don't beat us and they don't beat the Colts, um, they're pretty much going to, like I said, going to be have to be in the hunt for a wild card. And I, 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 it's kind of a shame because they're such a good team that you know the Ravens are. Uh, but yeah, they got a tough stretch too. I mean, the Colts is as much as I want to bash them, uh, it's definitely you know it's going to. I think the Baltimore wins that game, but I think it's not going to be a walk in the park by any means, especially because the Colts are at home and they. They're three and zero at home, so yeah, yeah, they're a very good home team, and they're, they're playing indoors. Team. So you know they don't have to worry about the kicking situation or the the air situation. You know it's going to be pretty you know uh, fair fair you know accommodations for all of those kind of different factors of the game. So yeah, if the, you know the Ravens are going to have a tough game tomorrow. If the Colts do squeak it out. Um, it's going to be pretty crazy because then I think that puts a lot of pressure on us to tr- try to keep up and beat the Ravens, you know, <laughs> but uh, if they lose to the Ravens and for whatever reason we did lose to them, then I, I wouldn't feel as bad if that makes sense, you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, but we'll see. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a, it's actually a lot of good games tomorrow. I want I don't mean to jump ahead too much, but you know, you got the Bills playing the Seahawks, which is a, I think a premier game tomorrow. Uh, you got the Colts and the Ravens, which is another big matchup and then you got the uh uh uh, the saints and the buccaneers on monday night and even that dolphins cardinals game is another uh pretty good matchup to watch so there's a lot of good games tomorrow i think that are going to go on and they will change the course of how the playoffs kind of look because you know a lot of these really good teams are playing each other and that will probably make a difference in how some of the seating and home games work out in january
1: yeah, I mean, you've you really only got less than a month here before we're down to those last six games. So it's definitely between tomorrow and after that, really going to going to tighten up the, the race in terms of yeah. whatever. Yeah, I just think it's for.
0: crazy looking at the the schedule and knowing that we play the Colts in November twice. <laughs>
1: Yeah, whoever decided that was okay deserves to be fired.
0: That that means we only play the Bears and Ravens other than the Colts in November. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so uh, I think that kind of covers it for the games. Um, Anything else you wanted to touch on that's going around the league uh, that you might think is something newsworthy?
1: Not necessarily. I mean, I I think it's definitely – it definitely feels like one of those years where there've been a lot of injuries, a lot of guys hurt um, just aside from, you know, COVID being an issue, um, which makes it tough. I mean, like I told you, like, you know, didn't really even watch the Packers Niners game cause it just didn't seem like that'd be a game and it wasn't. Um, so, you know, if anything, especially now that we're kind of starting to hit this critical halfway point, you just kind of hope, or at least I hope that, you know, you can just see teams stay healthy, obviously ours included so that we can have as competitive uh, uh, you know, into the season as possible, um, because this is the time of year where it gets really fun, man. There's just something about like, you know, it it becoming winter and then the football game is getting more and more and more important. Yeah, I, no, I agree. You
0: so uh, you know, seeing those games that are like super cold and and the guys are just like hitting each other all out. It's so much fun. It just really makes it feel like football. You know, uh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what it is. The the weather and all of that just plays into it you know when you you see kansas city's field with snow on the ground and or snow falling or you know the the uh, steam come out of the guys mouths you know when they're lined up to, to to hike the ball i mean i don't know that stuff just you know you know that they're those are warriors out there fighting for every inch and so it's a lot it makes it a lot of fun to watch you know
1: yeah <laughs> apparently nashville hasn't gotten the memo yet no, i can't believe crazy, it's gonna be right? 80 degrees tomorrow <laughs>
0: Oh, I know. that me want to
1: be there, man. That'd be
0: a really good game to watch. Amazing. You, know? Uh, you know what's kind of wild is I was just kind of looking uh, at the scoreboard here on ESPN, and it actually has uh, some of the ticket prices if you actually wanted to go to the game. And what's really interesting is the Titans game is actually uh, one of the more expensive games if you bought tickets tomorrow, which is kind of crazy yep. considering that, uh, you know, I mean, it's a premier game for sure with, you know, two, five. Five win teams, but I mean, like, you know, uh, I just wouldn't think it'd be uh, like that expensive. So that, I mean, that's just kind of interesting to see, but, you know, sure. uh, but, but the most expensive game is that Dolphins Cardinals game. It's $283 to go watch that game right now.
1: i uh, <laughs> That seems kind of weird. Oddly enough, the first NFL game I ever went to involved the the Chargers, or, or rather the the Dolphins. So, but yeah, that doesn't that's not no, the game you would expect. Yeah, it's the only like one that broke the, the two hundred
0: dollar mark. <laughs>
1: if if anything, though, looking at that, it's an outrage that they're charging any money at all for <laughs> Pittsburgh and Dallas. That game should be, nah, it shouldn't be free. They should oh, be man. paying people to go to that game. Um, because they could give Dallas a 50-point lead. I don't well, think I, they'd win. I, I, so. I don't
0: know what's worse, watching the Steelers beat up the Cowboys or the Texans playing the Jaguars with only two wins between both teams.
1: <laughs> I, I would much rather watch the Cowboys Steelers.
0: and Steelers. Coincidentally, it's –
1: hands down although you could argue look at monday you got the the patriots and who's who who would have guessed we'd be saying this but i mean patriots i know that's that's a blowout you know
0: either um what what's crazy is that uh jacksonville texans game you can go watch that game right now for 15 (laughs) dollars practically
1: giving it away that's really sad though, because the closest game to that is is the Bills Seahawks game, but those tickets are are at least forty. Um, so, and that's just that's got to be just because it's in Buffalo. Right. Buffalo's got to be miserable right now. Yeah, so. even that
0: that Patriots Jets games, it's only fifty seven bucks to go to that game. But you know, <laughs> God, that's
1: I, I will say. You know, just talking league stuff. Like one thing I wish would improve. Is I think they need to get better at flexing games. Um, and not at the last minute per se, but I just like like it's like the Saints have been on prime time like eight times somehow. Same with the Bucks and or or they just commit to having these primetime games that are just terrible. I mean, like it it like most of the Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night games have just been terrible. Most of them. There have been a few good ones. I just I don't know why the they, they well, just stick the, to it. The having Thursday such ones
0: I don't think they can get around flexing those, right? Because they have to build that into the way the schedule works out with teams. But I think the to, to the point you're making, yeah, I would like to see them uh move more games around for Sunday night. And even like moving a, a, a more of a prime time game to the afternoon because, you know, in the morning you have the most games played, so it's really hard to kind of watch one of those other good games, like, you know, so for example, we'll be watching the Titans and the Bears and I actually will have the uh, Bills and Seahawks on another TV. But I would I wish I had a third TV for the Colts and the Ravens. You know what I mean? Just a, just a, just a peek at, you know, yeah. yeah no TV, so, so, I mean, it'd be nice if like they had moved one of those games to the afternoon because in the afternoon, You'd be watching uh the Raiders and Chargers, which nobody cares about, and Steelers and Cowboys, which nobody cares about and then the other good game being the Dolphins and Cardinals, so they could have yeah. easily made one of those kind of you know the Steelers and Cowboys for example, bump that down and then bump up the colts and the uh the the Ravens game just so you had you know, a little bit less action going on and you could actually choose to watch that game if that makes sense, you know? So I wish they would do stuff like that because what's a couple of hours, you know what I mean? So, um, I just wish that NFL would be a little bit more fluid with that. Mm -hmm.
1: You would think, you would think. I know one thing about, uh, this weekend that's cool is a salute to service week, um, and kind of to go into like threads. I mean, I I feel like of all the updated gear, man, the salute to service stuff this year is is really is.
0: I I didn't even like that stuff until you started pointing it out. You know, I know you kind of had a lot of gear pieces and um, I think one of the first times we actually kind of talked to each other, I think you were wearing a salute to service thing at the gym. (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, it was never my, uh, I didn't like the colors. I didn't like the designs. I you know overall thought it was kind of ugly but then this year holy cow i mean it's like somebody said hey we're going to revamp all of this and it is really nice this year it's
1: very sharp very clean um i mean there there's usually like one or two things in the collection that just are a bit odd but um but yeah i mean this year it's definitely uh really sharp stuff so i know we're you know the team's got a unique look tomorrow because they're wearing mm-hmm. the periwinkle jerseys but the white britches so it's almost like we're getting every color possible since we've got those gorgeous navy helmets um so that'll be kind of a unique look for the team but what are you thinking as far as uh, well you know we, your, we did your talk during the weekend
0: so we called hoodies for Sunday. So <laughs> so I'll be uh rolling my hoodie, um, you know, I always love it when we're kind of matched up a little bit even though we don't get to watch the games anymore together, but uh it'll be nice to wear a hoodie. I, I'm going to wear that it's kind of they call it like a performance hoodie cuz it's not like super thick. You know, it's just, it's more like a shirt hoodie if that makes sense. Um and so I, I really yeah, sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's shitty yeah. day. Uh,
0: even though I, I I love it when it's like December and I actually throw on my actual hoodie and watch the game. That's like so much fun. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's going to be fun to kind of sync up with you tomorrow and, and have that on. And I know you have a nice one that you're going to be using too. So that'll be pretty cool. You know?
1: Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be cold here tomorrow, but I'm I'm going to rock the, the short sleeve uh, hoodie this year that they've got, which is cool. So, <laughs> Um and I'll, I'll probably wear the a salute to service beanie that I've got from, from last are, year. Are so you rolling with be, shorts or pants
0: tomorrow?
1: <sighs> probably shorts. <laughs> we'll we'll just see. We'll we'll see how how it goes. Like I mean it's it's gonna be cold, so like I mean obviously I'm indoors, but I usually I usually get up before the game and, and run some errands or try to go to the gym before the game starts. So it just kinda depends on on what mood I'm in. But at some point I always see guys hitting the field and no matter what they're, you know, obviously in shorts and stuff. So that usually just inspires me to suck it up and
0: yeah. yeah, So we'll see. I I know, uh, I I know the offensive line, um, they sort of had this, uh, you know, at least through the the olden days, uh, no matter how cold the game was, they wouldn't wear uh, like a long sleeve shirt in the game. Um, And that always inspired me. Like, I mean, there was games, you know, some of those games they played where it was like, you know, 10 degrees or, you know, really super cold, the offensive line just had this code of honor that they wouldn't wear any long sleeve shirts to, you know, keep them warm. So I always thought that was pretty cool. So uh, I'll probably end up sporting uh, shorts tomorrow just to kind of, you know, kind of feel the cold like the offensive line would in in some of those situations, since it will actually be colder here. (laughs)
1: I like it. I mean, the way things are going, maybe we'll end up on the practice squad. They might need a few guys, so we might as well start preparing now for yeah. for how this works. So
0: you actually sent a really good picture today with all the different combos. I wanted to kind of hear your thoughts on why you picked the your favorite one. I think it was the all-Navy blue, right, if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah, there's a few that I think are really sharp. I, I will say, I know we didn't get the win last week. I was kind of impressed, actually, with our look against the Bengals where we had the, the Navy jerseys and white britches. But um, yeah, I, I will say that my absolute favorite okay. honestly is the white jerseys, Navy bottoms. Um, I think that's kind of like a traditional thing. It, it, it just, for whatever reason, that one really stands out to me, but the, the all Navy would probably be right behind there. Um, And yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I, I honestly yeah. didn't realize we had that many different options. Until I saw that photo was posted on our subreddit, and I was like, "Wow, that is kind of insane." I think it's like nine different looks for us to potentially go with, so it's it's kind of awesome. the The uniforms definitely have have grown on me yeah, to the point where I just it think there's was kind of the a best.
0: different look. It, you know, I mean, the helmet I was on board with as the minute, I, the second I saw it, it was like the helmet was. I was like, the the rest oh, yeah. of the uniform. I have to admit, I sort of had to sort of work myself into it, if you will. But now that I'm so comfortable with it, I think it looks so sharp, but you know, it's hard when they have the, the all periwinkle or the all Navy, I just think that looks so cool. Um, especially the all Navy. I mean, that's probably one of my favorites, if not my favorite, just cause I think it just looks so tough, but then the all periwinkle, uh, looks pretty slick too. Cause it just kind of screams like the old oiler. So, you know, even though they didn't go all periwinkle like that, they normally had the, mm-hmm. the white britches, but you know, it's still kind of cool to, pay that homage back like that, you know. So
1: definitely. It's definitely nice to have options. I mean, I think I think the only the one part that took me the most to kind of mm. grow to love are the numbers. because when they when these first were released, the only thing I wish was different is I wish that we had just kind of gone with more traditional football numbers because I'm like, it would have looked perfect. But, you know, over time, like I've kind of gotten to where like they've they've grown on me a bit. Um but uh but yeah i mean it's it's just cool yeah, that we got they, they tried that many to play options. on the
0: uh the way the state looked for the font like the you know the yeah so mm-hmm. uh, I, I, it's funny whatever. i didn't really you know being kind of a detailed person i i didn't really even care like i didn't care about the font so much which which is kind of unlike me uh but it wasn't until one of my buddies uh who's a titans fan pointed out that he didn't actually like the font and then that made me kind of pay more attention to it but then uh, I'd, I'd, I still didn't have an issue with it. I thought it was kind of cool because it doesn't look like any other team's spot. So that's kind of where I liked it, you know.
1: No, it is sharp. And they, they also kind of wanted to like kind of play on that whole, you know, Titans Greek vibe. Um, so it's definitely kind of a sharp look. And it it is funny to me because obviously several other teams have updated their uniforms since we did. And uh, I feel like some of these teams are just trying too hard. like Like Atlanta... They just look weird now. It looks like someone took a really big sharpie <laughs> and drew their numbers on. So I don't really know what the idea was, but I love ours. That's all that matters. I think our uniforms are, are amazing. And uh, the only thing that needs to change, uh, I hope you're with me on this, but the NFL needs, or even just our pro shop needs to sell, hmm, I never the thought about that. Pants. I, just think I just think it's ridiculous hmm, that we can't buy put that together. That, pants. That you couldn't do that. <laughs> not that i know of i mean i have seen i've seen some like older styles that people are selling on like you know ebay and stuff but it's kind of like they're either sort of just like really poor knockoffs or it's like you're kind of wondering how they actually got a hold of those and maybe don't want to bother so
0: no, that, that's i don't know a good I just point. They don't uh, actually sell the I'll pants have to kind of take that in i didn't never even cross my mind <laughs>
1: So you th- you think I'm kidding when I'm like we give me the practice squad, but no, I'm not kidding. We need to just be ready. That way, when they take open applications, we're like, look, we've already got the wardrobe, our uniform's uh, yeah, good to go. Yeah. We are no. ready. Uh,
0: and, and and one one other thing I'd like to see the NFL do as well, uh, g- coming back to the uniforms, is I wish they let the teams have like uh, one week where they get to do anything they want with the uniform. You know what I mean? Like like just turn it up on its head. You know, like like. <laughs> You know, go with like a red jersey because the Titans do yeah. have red in their colors, right? So it would be red and then the helmet, you know, maybe make yep. it, you know, red yep. too. Like, I don't know, just, you know, go crazy, you know. I, yeah, just, just just, just, that one game, Change you know it what up. I mean? Like not like, you know, it's like every week you don't know what it's like the, <clears throat> the, the ducks, right? They don't know what they're going to pull out of their jerseys. But, you know, yeah, it'd just be nice to see some mix-up there because i i think i'm going to go code red for uh the baltimore game i already kind of have that in my mind so you know uh, yeah i i went all red against hmm, the vikings for uh you know uh that week and it worked they're purple so playing the baltimore ravens being purple i might go red again so that's kind of yeah It's kind of okay. where i'm going okay. with
1: that so. <laughs> i like i like where your mindset is yeah yeah i mean it's one of those things i know there's like always that business aspect rules whatever but it you know Maybe maybe as time goes on they,
0: yeah. they might lose. Even if it's, it's like minor stuff like you know, just changing the helmet color or you know, not actually changing like the way it looks, right? But just the color or, or something like that, I think it'd be cool. Or or be able to use black, you know, I think the navy jerseys or the white jersey with the black bottom would look kinda sharp just to kinda you know, just, like I said, going with that theme and just mixing it up that week, you know. So uh, just things like that. So
1: if you're listening NFL please change your ways
0: so uh, and and I also wanted to give a shout out to uh, to Ron Davenport Uh, I know he probably doesn't listen to our podcast because we're too uh, small
1: Hey you never know he's probably listening yeah, right uh, now and he's like thanks we uh, yeah, would i have killed it this out. year
0: or he has been every year really but i mean this year it's just been so good with a lot of the questions he asked of Rabel in the uh, the pressers and just a lot of the pieces he's been writing and just being on top of everything that's going on um i just think you know we couldn't have asked for a, a better beat writer from ESPN you know
1: Yeah, I think he does a. I think he does a really good job. Um, you know, you, you kind of notice there's like a select few or small handful that I think kind of get not special attention, but especially during the pressers and stuff, they usually get a couple rounds of questions or a follow up or two. And he's usually one of those, so it's it's cool to see. And I think you know, kind of like to your point, he's had some good, even just sort of brief opinion pieces throughout the season. So we'll we'll take yeah, all no, and he does uh, this whiteboard
0: Wednesday uh, thing. And, you know, actually in, uh, in that whiteboard, he actually called out what you had touched upon texting me during the week about screens and, you know, some of those sideline throws. Um, he thinks that uh, the Titans could take advantage of that with the, uh, the aggressiveness of the Beers defense. So, uh, I think, you know, it was kind of cool that, you know, you, you kind of threw out an idea and then he actually, Kind of takes it a step further and does those things on Wednesdays, kind of showing, you know, things that the Titans can do or ways that they can scheme against the other team, you know.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> I'm glad that I can be loose inspiration for,
0: <laughs> yeah, unofficial beat writer. Oh man, we covered a lot today. Uh, yeah, anything else you think we should Good one. touch on?
1: No, I think I'm. I'm honestly just trying to enjoy it, man. I mean, it's it's definitely been a, a unique season for a lot of reasons. But I mean, to have a team that's that's five and two playing well in contention for you know a top seed of the AFC is it's just exciting. So I'm thrilled to have another game tomorrow. I'm confident. Um, glad we're on the same page about the boys getting a win and just you know, just ready to see how tomorrow. it goes down.
0: I'm so ready to watch some Titans football, and it'll be nice to get to get hit on Sunday. And then again on Thursday and, you know, I uh, d- yeah double dose in it. And, yes. you know, double I'm, dose I'm, just, in one week. I'm excited for the team. I think they got a lot to prove tomorrow. <laughs> they're playing at home. They should feel good. They made a lot of, you know, significant moves this week. Some because of changes they needed to make others were just because of guys being hurt or whatever the case may be. But I think they should, you know, stand proud that they're not an organization that just kind of sits around with their hands, underneath their hips, you know, kind of not making any kind of moves. They're they're not afraid to to mix things up. So I think they should be excited tomorrow and and play a really good game against the Bears.
1: Definitely. And and just so everyone knows, our goal is to get back on the air Wednesday um to try to take advantage of that short week. Um we'll see how things go, but that's our goal so that we can recap this Bears game and then kind of see where we're at going into that. Um, that indie game, and it, I, I think the timing is just good because I, I like that we get a little bit extra time, kind of halfway through the year, especially since we didn't get our buy when we thought we would get it. Um, so to have a little yeah. bit of extra time, yeah, no, I, I agree. Game, That'll I be a nice break huge.
0: for the boys, kind of a mini buy week, if you will.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, killer stuff as always. At some point, I mean, we, yeah. we keep talking about it. we'll have to get a, we'll have to get a guest on here. One of our, one of our friends, or maybe just a stranger. I don't know. We might just, just start take, just, just go out about town and just be like, hey, do you watch football? All right, let's do this.
0: That'd be funny, right? Just random people. Hey, you want to be on a podcast? Yeah.
1: No, we'd we'd have to screen them. I'm I'm totally kidding. I, any you know, I'm I'm I care yeah. too much about this. To do yeah, that, now we'll we'll, at some we'll point work it
0: in. Fun. I know the problem that we face right now is probably the the moving of the show. We've sort of been consistent with Saturdays, but I know it's so hard to to you know, even line our schedules up. I can't imagine adding a third person to the mix, you know, unless they were kind of more of a homebody, you know. So uh it'll it'll be tough, but you know, hopefully we can just kinda of say on one of these weeks, like, Hey, we're having this person at this time and try to make it work. So But, you know, they think at the same time I think our fans love hearing our voices too. So <laughs>
1: i don't know i don't know why they're tuning in if they don't <laughs> but yeah man appreciate you as always great takes today uh definitely appreciate those that are listening um I gotta double check oh, wow. i think this is episode 14 that we've that we've done now so going going back to those training camp days which se- which actually seems like a year I, ago i don't know it how really does. Like it does it was quite that a while like ago forever.
0: but uh uh, I'm just glad we're actually able to talk football cuz for a minute there we weren't we didn't think we were going to be able to considering we just started this whole thing. <laughs> he,
1: mm-hmm. I know, right? And here here's kind of another question just to throw out there for the hell of it. Like do you think doing this like podcasting like this how has this changed like the season for you? Like I know it's been different because we spent the last two seasons watching all the games together which was a blast. But I mean, do you think like podcasting like this has sort of changed like your like your thoughts? Yeah, in the it game, really has because I, mean, I felt like I like was like
0: consuming a lot of the information. Like for example, last year, um, but I feel like now I'm not consuming it. I'm actually analyzing it, um, and I kind of see the difference where like you know before I would just look at the injury report and think, okay, this person's out, this person's out. Now I'm like thinking. Like okay, who's gonna take over for them? Who who's gonna have to step up? Like all those kinds of things are like flowing through my head. Mm-hmm. You know, I watch all the teams we're gonna play previous games. I haven't had as much success rewatching some of the games the last couple of weeks, just because uh, you know life and, and and you know everything that's going on. But I think after this week, I can get back on track. And, but but yeah, no, it's really kind of changed because I I want to make the show uh, as educational as we can. And I know you have a ton of good ideas, and and you bring a lot to the show. So I just always want to match that up. But uh, I definitely read stuff now, and it's it's just kind of compartmentalized in my head. Like, oh, I'm going to bring that up on the show.
1: <laughs> I think you do a great job, though. I mean, I I appreciate that. I think it goes both ways because I think you had a lot of just really solid prior like knowledge of the team to begin with coming into all this. Um, And I'm just a nerd with football because I love it so much that this has just been a good way for me to, like you said, kind of become more analytical. I think, I think especially in game, I find myself watching it differently. Um, Like I I still enjoy it. Like there's, there's no loss of enjoyment, but I, I'm. I, it's almost, it's It's like being there. Like, I feel like I'm, like, on the sideline with Heads a clipboard in. or a iPad or something, like, trying to be like, okay, what well, that last drive, you know, because you, you see the players, like, on the sideline, like, looking at their last drive and flipping through, and I'm, like, doing the same thing. I'm like, okay, wait a second. That screen didn't hit, yeah. right? Who screwed the yeah, block no, up?
0: Yeah, like, no, I I, I, I my out because I'll just shout out, like, whoever, you know, because I know most of the offensive line and defensive line guys, so I can yell at, like, you know, oh, you know, Davis, you missed that block, or you know, Luwai, you miss, and, and like they're, you know, they're 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 pretty, you know, good fans of their own teams, but they couldn't just spout off men like that. So I think I kind of freak them out when I'm just like yelling at a guy on a play, you know. Oh yeah.
1: So- <laughs> I like you say that though. Like I also feel like that's a really true test of how much of a fan a person is. Like, not that I think you should be able to name every person because that's not necessarily always going to be possible. But I mean, when you when someone's like, "Oh, I'm a fan," and then you're like, "Oh yeah," and then you start talking to them, you can tell if a person's really a fan or not. Because if they don't even know right. anyone besides the most popular name of the team, I don't think they're a fan. But 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 to your point, like I know what you mean though, because it's like you'll you'll call <laughs> out people or call out things, and other people are like, "What are you even talking yeah, about?" Yeah, th- throw even in that what you know that is so. the
0: only player on the, the Titans team that most people know is Henry, and then Tannehill. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, I still get so many questions about Mariota and I'm like, <laughs> yes, thank you. Not anymore. Thank you. So, yeah. But yeah, no, I think it's, I think uh, this is, this has been fun and I think we're doing well. Um, and it's definitely kind of given a, a yeah. Different and, edge I, to, and I hope when Washington I in the, the, game, the, so.
0: the podcast, I didn't cut you off as much. I felt bad about that this last week. Uh, uh, you know, it, I, I didn't know. feel I like didn't I was sense doing that. it when I was talking to you, but I when I reheard it, I felt like I was interjecting too fast. So I hope this week I was able to put the brakes on a little bit better.
1: <laughs> Don't worry, folks. <laughs> if he wasn't any better, there will be repercussions. Um I think the end goal has to just be at some point, uh not to get too personal here, but you know, yes. Ruben's having a glorious bar built for his home. And so I think ultimately the goal is just going to be that we're going to be doing this on set live in person together. Um, I know. That, so it's going that to be so awesome as ideal have as it could you could possibly fly, get.
0: Fly in to watch a game, and, and there will be a TV on that wall, so it'll be uh, it'll be pretty fun to kind of sit there and feel like we were, you know, at Zips or Cheeseburgers again, uh, without actually having to be there and yeah. uh, just drink beers and enjoy the game. So, <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's all
1: about. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you. Appreciate those that listen. And uh, hopefully we'll be set to recap another Titans win after tomorrow.
0: And I hope you have a good weekend and enjoy the game tomorrow.